Hello and welcome back to another episode of Samondo Talks. My name is Christina and I'm here to introduce you to some of the smartest Amazon experts from all over the world. If you've already subscribed to our channel, good job. If you're new to our channel and you'd like to get some industry insights, hear some interesting stories about entrepreneurship and learn some useful hacks that you can apply to your own Amazon business, make sure you subscribe to our channel now and hit that notification bell so you will never miss another episode again. My guest for you today is Ryan Neeson, founder and CEO of Elevate Brands. Elevate Brands is a professional acquisition company that buys and grows established Amazon brands. We will talk about the right timing to sell your Amazon business, how to determine its value, and how the process of selling your business looks like when you decide to sell it to Elevate Brands. I would say, without further ado, let's say hi to Ryan. Perfect. Uh, all right, Ryan, so glad to have you here. How are you today and where are you? It looks really sunny where you're at. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm in Tulum, Mexico. We, uh, you know, typically I'm based in New York, but my wife and I decided since we don't have an office anyway, we're going to come and spend a month in, in Tulum and work from here. Oh, that's interesting. So your whole team is just like spread all over the world. Yeah, we've, we've, we're in about 16 different cities. Uh, we've got about 45 people and, um, and it's growing quickly. And we've made the decision with COVID and whatnot that we're going to hire the best people wherever we find them, as opposed to just picking a specific city. Uh, but as COVID starts to uh, wind down, hopefully, you know, within this year, we're going to look to set up some offices, uh, probably in Austin, Texas, and also New York. Awesome. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have like picked up on the strategy in terms of building a diverse team all over the world. I mean, if not now, then when, you know? All right, let's talk about uh, yeah. talk about uh, Elevate for a bit. Um, what is Elevate Brands? So Elevate Brands is an Amazon uh, seller uh, where we essentially acquire other, other Amazon sellers. Uh, and then we look to grow them and elevate them to their full potential. So we, you know, we implement best practice across, you know, customer service and branding and, and, and uh, uh, creative uh, supply chain logistics, SEO and PPC. Uh, so, you know, we, we essentially uh, uh, grew up as Amazon sellers and we've evolved to become a, an acquirer of, uh, of other Amazon sellers. And you recently went through a rebranding process yourself, right? Yeah. Why is that? Well, uh, previously we were called Recom Brands uh, and uh, we, we had a new CMO join us a couple of months ago. And um, she asked us, are we married to the name? And I said, why, what's wrong with the name? And she said, well, it kind of sounds like you're a telecommunications company as opposed to, <laughs> you know, opposed to a company that acquires Amazon businesses. and. If we're open to it, let's let's look and see whether we could uh, whether whether a rebrand makes sense, and we kind of polled the name and our new name versus a few other names, um, and it turned out people didn't really like the word the, the name Recom didn't really resonate, and Elevate really does resonate, and and it's much more in line with how we see ourselves in terms of actually elevating brands to their full potential. So um, we decided to to do that before we announce our Series A. Uh, and really the business starts to take off. We thought now is now or never. So, uh, so that's why we made the change and we feel very happy about it. 
Yeah, I think it sounds great. Um, and speaking of taking off, uh, since when are you around? So we, so, so I started the business uh, right at the end of 2016. So we've been, uh, we 2017 was the year that we really tested a, a bunch of different business models. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, we, you know, primarily our focus for the first couple of years in the business was actually reselling. So we were buying wholesale, closeout, uh, inventory, mostly footwear and apparel, branded stuff, uh, and reselling it. And so that's kind of how we learned uh, the Amazon ropes and how we kind of got our Amazon, we like to call it our Amazon black belt, uh, dealing with sort of 8,000 SKUs in a highly operation intensive business. And, you know, we had our Amazon account shut down and we learned, we got all the scars to prove, you know, we've, <laughs> we've been there and we've done it. And, uh, and, and then in, in 2019 is when we really started to move our attention towards uh, the, the kind of roll up approach. Um, yeah, I think like this whole industry of buying existing Amazon businesses is really taking off right now. There are a lot of providers out there. Um, so what I'm interested in is, do you only buy US companies and US brands or also because in our audience, we do have a lot of European sellers as well. Would you also consider buying European brands? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we've been primarily focused on the U.S., but we're we're very much now starting to focus on Europe as well. So definitely interested to talk to sellers in Europe for sure. And in terms of size, like we get a lot of questions from sellers who say, "Yeah, I'm thinking of selling my business, but I don't know if I make enough money for it to be interesting for buyers." So, what would you say? What's your typical um, like the typical brand that you buy, how much do they make in revenue? Yeah, so, you know, it changes for us as we grow. So when we first started, you know, a business even doing like $80,000 in, in EBITDA, mm -hmm. right, uh, was, and that's kind of like EBITDA as in seller's discretionary earnings. So that's kind of the size of the business that we started by uh, buying. But as we've progressed now and we have, you know, many, many, many more brands, um, now, our kind of minimum size business is probably half a million dollars of, of SDE, mm -hmm. um, and, we, and we buy much bigger than that. So, um, you know, there's plenty of guys in the space, and everyone has different niches, and there's plenty of um, uh, roll-ups doing much smaller size businesses. But for us, that's kind of the range today is, is sort of half a million of SDE and above. Um, is like EBITDA the only thing that you look at or how do you evaluate a business? Uh, let's say I'm a seller, I want to sell my Amazon business. Uh, what do I need to provide? How does the process of selling my business work? Could you just walk me through the process step by step? Yeah, so okay. So first of all, in terms of what we look for, um, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's fairly simple. I mean, we look for uh, a great product, right? So it needs to have, you know, a, a large amount of, of reviews. There's no specific number in mind because it depends on the category and it also depends on the competition. Um, but it needs to have, you know, a lot of reviews or ideally be one of the review leaders in the space. And uh, you want them to be good reviews, right? So, I mean, we're typically not buying businesses that have, you know, two and a half star uh, ratings. You know, we want to see, uh, we want to see sort of four, four stars and above. Uh, and we're looking for businesses that, um, you know, typically are growing or, 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 or the niche is growing or the macro picture is growing. You know, we're not, we're not particularly interested in businesses that are like fads that maybe had a, 
you know, we're not looking for businesses that sell face masks because that had a COVID kick and then it's fallen or mm. fidget spinners is the typical example, for example, that, you know, of a fad. But um, yeah, so we want to see, essentially, we're looking for a business that we think has sustainable earnings. At the end of the day, that's why we're paying a multiple for the business. So we want to know that we want to have confidence that, you know, a year from now, the business is going to be performing as well or better. Uh, and there isn't something that's going to, you know, black hat tactics where someone's gained reviews, yeah. those kind of things will turn us off. Uh, but if it's a good product and it's, a, and it's been around, let's say 12 months plus, uh, and it's got good reviews and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's got stable or, or, or some growth and we see there's potential to continue to grow the business. Um, yeah, that's the kind of business we like. Another question that I get very often is, when is the perfect timing to sell your Amazon business? I mean, obviously you're interested in buying a business that is, okay, let's say worth 1 million, just for the sake of it. Um, yeah. And then you calculate or predict that it will be worth, uh, I don't know, 2 million in a year. So yeah. obviously you buy businesses because you want to make a profit of it. So a lot of sellers ask themselves, hmm, if they can grow it to 2 million, then maybe I can grow to 2 million and sell it in one year. So how can sellers know when the best timing to sell is? There's no, there's no right answer to this. It is a very, it <laughs> is a very, yeah, it's a very personal question. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of factors that, that are involved. Uh, sometimes we have a seller that says to us, you know what, we've decided, you know, the business partnership isn't working. We've decided to, to separate the business and, and sell it and go our separate ways. Or someone says, you know what, I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I've been working super hard. I feel like I can take the money and do something else. Or we have a seller that says, you know what, I've always wanted to be in the property investment business and I want to take the money and invest in property. Um, or it could be that someone says, you know what, uh, I've scaled this business as high, as high as I can. I have seven people working for me. I have no interest in managing a business that has 20 people. I've scaled it as much as I can. I feel comfortable with it. Let me sell it now. Take some chips off the table. And then many times the sellers say, you know what, I'm going to take 50% and invest it somewhere else. And the other 50% I'm going to reinvest into starting another Amazon business. Mm -hmm. So, so again, it's very personal. It depends. Uh, you know, there's, there's always a risk that if you continue running a business, of course, there's the chance you're going to grow it. And there's always the risk that a competitor comes out and competes with you and the business goes backwards. So very personal decision. Speaking of uh, personal reasons, um, from your opinion, you just mentioned that some sellers sell their business because they maybe felt, feel burned out or because they want to start another project. Um, what is the most common reason for sellers to sell? At the moment, I would say the most common reason we're seeing is that sellers are looking at, looking at the industry and saying, well, the multiples have gone up slightly, right? So in terms of the price that you could sell your business for 18 months ago, because e-commerce because e has grown with COVID and because the multiples have gone up slightly, um, sellers are looking at that saying, you know what, it's a, I want to de-risk. I want to take some money off the table. Um, because when you think about it, if, if, you're, if you're doing, let's say, half a million dollars in, in profit, right? The reality is you're not taking that half a million and putting it in your pocket every year. Maybe you're taking 150 grand and putting it in your pocket and then you're having to reinvest into inventory every year and yeah. so if someone comes to you and says you know what i'll pay you two million dollars for your business as an example you know that's a lot of money relative to what you've been earning every year so so it's a it, it, it there is a there, there's a very strong argument to say cool let me take two million dollars i'll take 
one and a half million of that and invest it in a property or another business or something. And then I'll take another half a million and then start another Amazon business. So there's very, a very strong case to, to, to be had for that. And what do you think about FBA brokers? Because um, obviously from our perspective, perspective, we see a lot of like uh, acquisition companies popping up, but at least the same amount of FBA brokers as well. So a lot of sellers think that they reduce their risk by selling such an FBA broker and have like less costs, um, a, better, a better selling price in the end. Maybe they have the cost for the FBA broker, but uh, like the broker will be able to negotiate a better price. What do you think about that? Should sellers use a broker? Do you also work with brokers who refer clients to you? What's your take on that? Yeah, so we love brokers. We work with brokers all the time, right? We get we get we buy many of our businesses through brokers. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we, we certainly like them, and, and many of them provide a great service. Um, but it's like anything, you know, you have to go to the right broker who knows what they're doing and can really um, hold your hand because you know typically brokers charge you let's say ten percent uh, additional fee, mm -hmm. and so. You know, sometimes you'll get a better price, but not always, right? And 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 so you have to factor it. There's a couple of things you have to consider. Number one is is the speed that you want to sell your business. So I mean, if you if you want to talk to you know 30 different buyers and you're willing to take the time and you're trying to maximize for the price, um, you know, go like you can understand the logic for someone saying, I want to go to a broker. I want them to bring me as many buyers as I can. I want to talk to all the buyers. Um, but it's a very time-consuming process. And in the meantime, you're still trying to run your business because if during the process of trying to sell your business, your business declines, uh, you have a problem and the buyer is going to pay you a smaller price. Yeah. Um, so the alternative argument would be to say, well, let me go directly to a seller like us, like Elevate. And uh, first of all, the process is much faster and simpler, um, right? Uh, you know, we don't need to take time to, for the seller to prepare the documents and prepare financial information. We do that for them, right? I mean, we... Oh, they, really? Yeah, I mean, they can... All we need is a seller to say, here's access, permission, user permission access mm -hmm. to, um, to our seller central account. We pull the, report, the sales reports. We prepare the financial information. So the seller doesn't have to prepare anything. They can literally come to us and say, here's the user permission. Um, they don't have to do any work. So it's very simple, very easy. And of course, they save the 10% broker fee. Um, and uh, we have a policy. We don't underbid someone because, because they've come to us directly. Because we assume if someone's coming to us directly, we assume they're also talking to other people. And so when we look to, pre to prepare a, a bid uh, to buy the business, um, we put our best foot forward. We, we, we pay a, you know, we'll, we'll offer a fair price in the market. Um, so, you know, we, you know, we think... If, if you're trying to optimize for those things, it makes sense to talk to us directly, but we're also very happy to buy through brokers. So, I think the whole selling process is really intimidating for a lot of sellers. And a huge aspect is that a lot of sellers think it takes a really, really long time to sell their business. Now you just mentioned that if, you, um, if a seller sells to you directly, like they can save a lot of time, but how much time does it take from first talking to you until the business is sold and what does the time depend on yeah so it can take as little as 30 days and and it usually does it usually doesn't take more than 30 or 40 days right i mean that's the average for us um 
it depends more on the seller than on us because we have a we have a very very strong team we have seven people in our room and 18 plus a whole bunch of analysts so uh, we've got a super super strong team who are all very very experienced i think we have like 50 years of sort of m a experience and and many billions of dollars worth of deals and experience across our team so you know for us to and because we've done it so many times for us to diligence these businesses takes us a very short amount of time it's uh, it has more to do with how forthcoming the seller is in providing the information. So if we ask to give us user permissions or, or give us invoices as it relates to certain supply contracts and let us give us access to the supply chain, um, if that information comes efficiently and quickly, we can, there's no reason why we can't, <coughs> excuse me, no reason why we can't do these deals in sort of 30 days. So it's pretty, it's pretty painless and pretty simple. Um, and, and, and the less skews, the easier it is, right? I mean, if it's a one or two skew business, it can be even faster than 30 days. It can happen in a few, in a couple of weeks. If it's got 150 skews, uh, then that might take a little bit longer because there's just a little bit more work for us to diligence. Um, but yeah, I mean, as it relates to M&A, where in the, in, in the typical M&A world, it can take many months to sell a business. Um, as it relates to us and, and our process, you know, 30 days or so is, is, is realistic. And besides how fast your processes are, what are other reasons to choose you as a buyer from my company as compared to other acquisition companies? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the primary thing that sort of differentiates us against many of the other rollups is that we've been around for a long, long time. I mean, we're veterans of the sport. Is, you know, I think there's maybe two or three rollups that have been around for more than 12 months. Mm -hmm. And we've been around for four years. Right. And and why that's important is because many times the structure of these deals has a, an upfront cash component as well as an earnout component. Mm -hmm. So um, so the seller gets to benefit. If we grow the business, the seller gets to benefit from that growth. Right. And because we've got a really strong track record, because we've actually been in Amazon for a long time, uh, we've got a really strong track record. Uh, and so like they should be able to earn a slightly higher earnout, or not slightly, they should be able to earn a pretty significant earnout because on average, we're able to grow these businesses sort of 150 plus percent on average. Um, and the other thing is, you know, we, we, we relate to sellers very well because we are a seller, we've been a seller, that's how we started. So, you know, we understand uh, that this is their baby and there's, a, there's an emotional connection to these businesses, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, we bootstrapped our business the same way many of the sellers have bootstrapped their business. Uh, and so we get it. We also know what it's like to have your Amazon account shut down. We know what it's like to sit on the phone with Seller Central and Seller Support. I mean, Seller Support for, you know, two days and not get an answer and the, the frustrations of dealing with the Amazon black box. So we've been there. We've done it. We, 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 we relate to sellers. We know exactly what to look for in buying these businesses so we can make the process very efficient and we know exactly how to grow them and we've got a great track record for doing that. You actually already answered my next question, uh, which would have been uh, about the emotional side of selling your business because for many sellers, it's their first baby, it's their first big project. And I think a lot of them are scared that they sell it and that the buyer will just take it, try for a few months if they can grow and if, if not, then just like, dump it or sell it to someone else, but uh, you really put in the effort to try to grow it, right? Sure, look, I mean, if you've never done, like these, you know, every seller knows this, that running an Amazon business is not simple, right? There's, it, it, it's challenging, there's a lot of competitors, you have to deal with 
hijackers and black hats and very competitive landscape and PPCs become more expensive and yeah, there's a lot that goes into it and so and and the logistics and the effort yeah. and there's a lot that goes in and if you've never done it before or you're new to doing it there's of course a high risk that that you're gonna that the business goes backwards so you know if, you know if you've got the experience like we have uh you know the seller can have more confidence that we're going to be able to grow it can you give me a ballpark number of how many sellers have sold their businesses to you Well, put it this way, um, at the current rate that we're buying businesses, we will, we will be at about 50 plus businesses by the end of this year. Awesome. Yeah. And could you name three things that those clients would say about Elevate Brands? Yeah, sure. We have, we've got a bunch of testimonials uh, on this already. Um, one of the things we hear again and again is you guys are just nice guys and easy to deal with. So <laughs> it's, good. you know, you're pleasant, you're nice guys, you're not sharks. You know, we want on our website, we put, you know, sharks belong in the ocean, not in the deal room. And that's, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's the kind of way we like to treat sellers that it's, it's a collaborative discussion. Uh, no one's trying to screw anybody. Uh, you know, we believe that we're trying to build a reputation for ourselves that, um, if we do good by the seller, we treat them well, we treat them fair, we pay them a good price. Um, they're going to tell their friends about us. And when they, and when they sell their next Amazon business, they're going to come to us first. And so we're trying to, we're in this game for a long time. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we're trying to build a, a great reputation for ourselves. And so, you know, that's one of the things we keep hearing again and again is you guys are nice guys, great to deal with. And, and it's, and it's really a pleasure working with us. Awesome. And before we move to the personal questions, um, I have one last question, a professional question for you. In your opinion, what's the main mistake that sellers make when it comes to selling their Amazon business? Yeah, the, the, the biggest mistake we've seen is that the sellers get distracted during the sales process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, You know, if, you know, sometimes you're dealing with brokers, for example, uh, and you can deal with a broker and the business, it can happen very quickly. But sometimes from the time you start speaking to them, by the time, till the time you're kind of getting towards selling, you know, you're in LOI and you're in underwriting, it can be several months. And, and from a seller's perspective, it's very challenging because you're in this kind of no man's land where you're trying to operate the business, but you're also trying to get out of the business. And emotionally, um, you start to become less and less invested. And mm -hmm. so like what we've seen happen is we've seen businesses go backwards during the underwriting process. The seller forgot to, for example, the seller forgot to reorder more inventory or didn't order enough inventory. And that creates real challenges because the last thing we as a buyer want to do is buy a business and there's no inventory. Yeah, right? sure. And so, like, and so like that's a major problem for us. And then, uh, and then it becomes challenging because we've agreed on a price for the business, assuming that there would be inventory. And so yeah. like that's one of the things that we've seen Uh, can be challenging and so one of the things we always remind our sellers is as we're talking to them guys you need to keep running the business as though it's not going to sell because you, you never know you know we we always close deals uh you know we've never backed out on something um unless something was untoward uh where you know some something wasn't disclosed properly or the or the numbers that were presented were completely way off um But, you know, uh, there's always a risk. And, and whether you're selling to us or someone else, there's always a risk that the deal doesn't close. So you want to make sure you continue to, uh, to operate it as though it's not going to sell. Okay, so the seller should keep being invested in the business, even when they're like halfway out of the door 
All it's right. challenging, but that's what has to be done, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of another question. Um, what about a non-competing clause? I don't know. So when I sell toasters, for example, and I sell my toaster business to you, um, do I have to sign anything that I can start another business that also sells toasters or... Yeah, yes. Um, you know, we don't want someone to, we don't want to buy a business and then someone comes and starts the exact same business, you know, the next day and then competes with us. Starting another Amazon business, fine. Uh, no problem, right? But, but just not starting in another business that sells the identical kind of product that goes and competes with our specific suit. Amazon's a big marketplace. So there's many of, you know, there's many different niches. And so like, we're only too happy I mean, we just bought a business from someone last week and it was their fifth Amazon exit. So they've sold five businesses and, now, and they're about to go and start the sixth one now. You know, so it's amazing and like, we love that. Yeah. Okay, good. Then uh, let's move on to the personal questions. My first one would be, what made you decide to found Recom Brands or now Elevate Brands? And why did you decide to become an entrepreneur in general? Yeah. You know, uh, I always had the feeling that I wanted to have my own business, right? You know, there's something about sort of being in charge of your own destiny that is nice where, you know, I, my, I previously worked at a corporate and at the end of the year, your boss tells you how much, how much bonus you're earning, right? And I always liked the idea of like, I should be the one to decide how much I'm going <laughs> to make, right? Uh, you know, just to be in charge of your own destiny. But also, yeah. I think the, I've always, I've always been attracted to kind of doing things with great people and building something and it, it didn't matter what it was i always had the idea that like working with a great team and 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 building something fun and and exciting and so um i always had that desire and uh, in my previous career uh you know i felt like my growth curve was slowing down in terms of um i just wasn't learning my learning curve my growth curve i wasn't learning as much as i was in the early days and i happened to be like quite growth oriented i really you know, and I think most people, when you're progressing and you're constantly learning, like you tend to be happier. And yeah. so, and so, you know, I, I left my previous career. I came and I came to the U.S. in 2016, not knowing what I was going to do. And uh, I went to an Amazon conference one day because I was just looking for businesses to buy or a business to start. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I went to an Amazon conference and I found the community super collaborative like a really interesting collaborative community. I found a lot of very, very fragmented small sellers, all like many of them doing really, really well. Um, and I looked at the trend, the macro trend for e-commerce and saw that it was growing very fast. Um, and, I, and I felt like there was no way that e-commerce in 10 years would be, uh, would be the same size or any smaller than it is today. And so like the trend was very positive and I figured, let me try and do something. Amazon's interesting, e-commerce is interesting. Let me start. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do, but I figured, let me, let me get started. And the strategy will evolve over time. Uh, and, uh, and as long as I'm working with great people uh, and, and learning every day, uh, I'm sure I'll figure something out that will be substantial. And so that's, and so that's what we did. That's what the, and so we, you know, we originally started by just doing some private label and a little bit of retail arbitrage and a little bit of closeout. And, you know, the strategy evolved. So you just uh, decided to to go for learning by doing. That that's always been my approach. You know, you know, um, I come across sellers sometimes that you know study Amazon for six months or twelve months, and they read all the books and they go to all the seminars. And you know, sometimes I say to them, "You'll learn more 
by just going into like a Nike outlet store, buying a pair of Nike shoes, okay? And then just sending them to Amazon and selling one pair of shoes because you'll learn then how the process works. And there's a, there's a confidence you get with every sale. You know, whether it's selling a single pair of shoes or buying your first business and watching it grow, there's a certain confidence you get every time you achieve something. And I've always believed that big successes are nothing more than an accumulation of many, many, many small successes. And so I always suggest like get started and just create one micro success and then build on top of that success. I love that. That's a, that's a great way to think about it. Because I think so many sellers are intimidated because they see so many people on like Facebook groups. So they're like, oh, I just made my first million and they don't even have their first sale. So they're so scared of just jumping into it. Yeah. They, they just never do it. So breaking it down to like baby successes is a really good way of thinking of it. Totally. Great. Yeah. Um, I assume that your days now look very different from your corporate days. Um, now you're in Mexico. You just decided to like leave New York. Is this normal or how does your typical day look like? Well, I mean, I've been in Mexico for a, for a week now. You know, typically I'm in New York, but, but whether I'm in New York or Mexico, I still work 18 hour days, right? So it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't change. But at least on the weekend, you know, we can go to the beach and we can enjoy some nice weather. But, you know, it's interesting how my role um, almost every month becomes something different. You know, um, when I started the business, I was hardcore in the operations, right? And then as the business model evolved, then I became like a full-time recruiter. Then I became like a strategist because I was having to figure out what the right strategy is. And then once we nailed the strategy, then I became like a, like a, like a fundraiser because they had to go get the money. And then once I raised the money, then I had to become like a recruiter to go and get the team and sell the vision and get the team. Um, and so like it, my, my role is constantly evolving. Um, and now it's kind of a combination of those things where um, we have a really, really strong team. So I'm, so I'm still involved to some extent in the operational side, but as the team gets stronger and stronger, I can pull out further and further and be involved more strategically, more involved in capital allocation uh, with investors uh, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who likes routine a lot. Yeah, I, I, I figured. <laughs> yeah. And, and so for me, like, I kind of enjoy the fact that it's evolving and it's always dynamic yeah. and different. I, I enjoy that. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and the reality is like spending time just with my team and just talking to people during the day and finding out what's going on and lending a hand. You know, I've always believed like um, the best leaders are kind of resources. You, you hire fantastic people who know what they're doing and are super motivated. Like I don't have to motivate the team. They are very, very self-motivated, but I try and provide a resource where I can to make sure that they can be super successful in their role. I was going to say you did a really good job as a recruiter because now you have the confidence in your team to basically run everything on their own. So yeah. Yeah, good job on that. Recruiting is maybe the most important thing you do as a you know, as a business owner is, is, is making sure you have the right people in the right seats, uh, you know, at the right time. So. so you went through many, many roles and still are. Um, so I'm sure that you developed a lot of skills and maybe also character traits uh, over the time. But um, let's focus on right now. Like right now, if you could have a skill, a certain skill or character trait that you don't have right now, but you wish you had, which one would it be? You know, 
it's a great, it's a really great question. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I would love to speak another language. You know, I, I'd love to, like, when I say another language, like, I'd love to speak Mandarin, right? I've, I've, I've just, it's something that I've wanted. My brother speaks fluent Mandarin. He lived in China for 10 years, and I've always oh, thought awesome. it was a super cool thing. And I don't know that it would necessarily help me in business, but I feel like it would be, uh, it would just be a great, a great skill to have. Yeah, definitely. Do you speak any other languages besides English? You know, I lived in Indonesia for uh, eight years. So I speak some Bahasa mm -hmm. and um, I speak a little bit of Hebrew because uh, I studied, I studied uh, some Hebrew when I was younger. Um, yeah, and, you know, a very small amount of Afrikaans because I grew up in South Africa. Oh, you grew up in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So yeah. you could also go to the Netherlands and maybe understand a little bit. Sure. Of <laughs> that's true that's true very similar exactly Dutch. oh i wish i could speak hebrew there's such a great e-commerce community in new york yeah. so yeah i i, I wish i could uh, like talk in hebrew to them all right um if you could have a superpower so nothing human but like supernatural <laughs> which one would it be <clears throat> superpower um i don't know that i've ever been asked the question um You know, I um, you know, I'm going to answer the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Okay. And um, I've just been reading a book um, uh, called The Outliers, which is about eight like really amazing CEOs, right? Um, and what made them so amazing is that um, they were just in incredible capital allocators, right? And they were very independent in their thought and very contrarian in their thought, right? Yeah. And And the challenge about being contrarian in your thought is that, you know, we as humans tend to get swept up in whatever the current climate is, right? And so, like, um, I, like it's something that I want to continue to work on is to be really kind of steadfast in my independence of thought and, and have the right temperament for, for allocating capital um, as my career and we grow the business develops. Um, Because it's, it's easier said than done, like, you know, yeah. having the temperament and, and making sure you think things through carefully um, and not get swept up in, 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 in crazes uh, is, uh, you know, is, is, I think, a critically important factor for success. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Awesome. I mean, I don't want to like superpower shame anyone, but like this definitely sounds more interesting than just saying like flying or something. <laughs> <laughs> be, that would be fun too. Um, yeah. Okay, then uh, let's move to another scenario that probably will not happen or is not so likely to happen. If you could hire a famous person to work for you or with you, Can, can be a famous CEO, can also be like a singer, actor, songwriter, whatever. Who would it be and why? Time to show your recruiting talent. Well, I hear Jeff Bezos is now out of a job. And so <laughs> like maybe he wants to consider coming to work for us. I don't know. I have to reach out to him and see if he's interested in a job, you know. Yeah, you maybe know. discuss salary a bit. Yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if we could afford him, but maybe if we give him a few stock options, maybe we can get him over the line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's good that we're already talking about uh, 
Amazon CEOs or former CEOs, um, if you had the chance to go to see and speak with Andy Jesse, I hope I pronounce his last name the right way, the new CEO yeah. of Amazon, and you could ask him one thing or for one thing, what would it be? Well, look, I mean, you know, the thing that everyone keeps asking me as if I would somehow know the answer is what's his approach going to be to the Amazon third party seller community. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'd love to talk to him about that um, because everyone keeps asking me and, you know, you know, my, my thought on the subject is that I don't think he's going to change anything dramatic. I mean, the Amazon third party seller community is, um, is so, uh, the Amazon third party marketplace, I should say, is so strong. And, and, and is now Amazon's one of the Amazon's biggest profit centers and growing super fast. So I don't see any way that, that that's going to change anytime soon. But I would love to sort of pick his brain on how the marketplace is going to develop, you know, what new initiatives are coming into place. You know, as Shopify grows, I'm curious how Amazon thinks about Shopify and Walmart's growth. And, uh, you know, I'd love to kind of just pick his brain about, about uh, you know, what he sees for the next kind of five years or so. And if you obtained all those secrets, would you share them or just keep them for yourself? I would share them with you for sure. And all of you. Oh yeah, perfect. Yes. Okay. That's all I wanted to hear. I don't care about the rest. You know, you know what? You know, it's funny. One of my old mentors used to say, you know, ideas and, you know, ideas and secrets are, are, are just not that important, right? You know, far more important is execution. You know, we, yeah. we, many of us have access to all the same information and it's never what you do. It's always how you do it. And it's always in the execution. So... <laughs> You know, I, we, we feel strongly in collaborating with other sellers and other people in the, in the community. Um, we share information. I think we're all stronger for it. It's a huge marketplace. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's, it's, it's all in the execution. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Then, uh, sadly, we're already at the last question. Or it's not really a question. It's more of a task. So I will give you 60 seconds now. Um, and you will just tell me the most important advice or advices that you have for any Amazon seller out there. Is that okay with you? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Of course. Then I would say we start in three, two, one, go. Okay. So first of all, you know, depending on where you are as an Amazon seller, um, you know, if you're in the very early stages and you haven't actually launched your business, my advice would be just get started. Just start where you stand. You don't need to raise the perfect amount of capital or find the perfect team or find the perfect product. Just begin somewhere very small, even like I said earlier, buying a pair of shoes and selling it on Amazon, just so you can get started and, uh, and start to understand and build those confidence and build the micro successes. So that's, that's kind of the first thing I would say. For the more established sellers out there, um, what I would say is, uh, you know, really test, okay? Like test often and thoroughly. So, you know, we've bought businesses, for example, where the sellers have never tested changing the price. You know, they may have set a price at 1995 and they never thought to change it. Um, and sometimes we'll buy a business and we'll look at that and say, well, what if we increase the price to $25? You know, what would happen? Oh, that's a, uh, what would, and so like, and so, Oftentimes, that's a minute already, by the way. I didn't realize how, how quickly they go. It's okay. It's okay. I'll keep going. You know, oftentimes, um, just a small change like that, you may not even see an impact to your sales because there's price inelasticity and now you've just increased your margins, right? And if you can dovetail that with at the same time doing a rebranding effort, because Amazon is such a visual platform, if you can really optimize your, your branding and you can test it against your competitors. Uh, 
you know, you can see tremendous conversion improvements. And at the same time, if you can increase pricing a little bit, you know, that can have a, that can have a dramatic impact. Or sometimes maybe you need to reduce pricing because maybe your margin reduces slightly, but, uh, but your sales will double. And so like, you know, there's, there's, it's just a question of testing, iterating and, and, and trying to figure out which one's going to give you the optimal results. Okay. We just say, okay, it's two minutes, but that's okay because it was two great advices. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this was a really nice interview with lots of valuable information. Um, I hope you had as much fun as I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I hope you will enjoy the rest of your time in Mexico. And of course, I wish you lots of success buying Amazon businesses. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. All right. That's it for today. That was my interview with Ryan. I think it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you have any questions for Ryan about selling your Amazon business or any questions for me, simply drop your comment below this video. I also included some helpful links in the description box where you can find out more about Elevate Brands and Sermano.com. And yeah, I guess that's all there is to say for today. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, you can do this now by either clicking the Sermano globe somewhere here or the red subscribe button somewhere here. And if you do so, I will see you guys very, very soon.